This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. EMT numbers in the state are down, but the stress of doing the job without adequate mental health support is taking a toll as well. It hit me really hard, and I had seen things that were way worse than that up to that point, but that was like the point I got to where it was too much, and I had to step away. That story and more coming up this West Virginia Morning. A recent spike in cases of COVID-19 has called into question the number of available beds to treat patients in the state. Emily Rice has more. During his regular briefing, Governor Jim Justice reported 551 new positive cases of COVID-19 after the holidays, with 360 patients hospitalized. Officials have often said the state has a capacity of about 500 beds, but right now staffing shortages are raising concerns. Coronavirus czar Dr. Clay Marsh urged the public to take precautions for them and their loved ones' safety against new variants. And we know that this is by far the most infectious variant to date. And the virus continues to gain power, and so we need to also gain power to offset it. This new mutation of COVID-19 is called XBB1.5 and now accounts for 75% of infections in the Northeast United States. For Appalachia Health News, I'm Emily Rice in Charleston. Appalachia Health News is a project of West Virginia Public Broadcasting with support from Charleston Area Medical Center and Marshall Health. West Virginia has a new state public health officer. Randy Yowie has more. Interim Department of Health and Human Resources Secretary Dr. Jeff Coben says Dr. Matthew Christensen brings a wealth of experience to his new position as state health officer and commissioner of DHHR's Bureau of Public Health. Christensen had served as the director of DHHR's Office of Drug Control Policy. Coben says Christensen is well-positioned to join the state's health leadership team. A primary care physician um, who is a West Virginian uh, and is trained in public health uh, to help with the leadership of, of that bureau. In a press release, Christensen, who also practices medicine within the Marshall Health System, said he looks forward to implementing a continued vision to improve health for all state residents. Dr. Christensen replaces Dr. Ayn Amjad, who will continue to serve as a health advisor to the governor. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie. Kentucky's treasurer released a list of banks she says are boycotting fossil fuels. As Curtis State reports, it is similar to a list West Virginia's treasurer released last year. Kentucky Treasurer Allison Ball published a list Tuesday of 11 financial institutions she has determined are engaged in a boycott of fossil fuels. It overlaps with a list of five financial institutions flagged by West Virginia Treasurer Riley Moore last summer. BlackRock and J.P. Morgan Chase are on both lists. West Virginia's list also includes Goldman Sachs, Morgan Stanley, and Wells Fargo. None of those three is on Kentucky's list. Kentucky's list also includes Citigroup, HSBC, and BNP Paribas, among others. Both states' legislatures last year passed bills aimed at denying state contracts to banks that are perceived to shun fossil fuel investments. It's not clear how either state treasurer's office made that determination for the financial institutions they listed. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Curtis Tate in Charleston. The Allegheny Front, based in Pittsburgh, is a public radio program that reports on environmental issues in the region. Here's their latest story about bird watching and identification wherever you are. 
don't know a blue jay from a chickadee, let alone how to spot a hooded warbler, a new birding book has you covered. This is the Allegheny Front Environment Update. I'm Carol Holsapple. The title is, This is a Book for People Who Love Birds. But author Danielle Bellany, a wildlife biologist, says she wants to give everybody a way into the world of birds. They shouldn't be excluded or be discouraged from enjoying these birds, especially if they don't have the facts about them. And the book is filled with not only descriptions and stories about North American birds, but also with birding culture and tips. I asked Bellany why she wanted to write the guide. Honestly, it was just like, I mean, I have really nothing else to do. It was, um, I started the book during the pandemic. But also a lot of bird guides might have used like jargon or like language that I guess was more geared towards like birders themselves instead of a larger audience. So I really wanted to get folks away from being concerned about not understanding something and, you know, being able to be in it because they're interested. You also write about good places to see and watch birds, maybe places you wouldn't think of, like parking lots and cemeteries. I know you're famous for that. You've written about that. Where do you recommend people watch and enjoy birds? Yeah, you can always start just at your own place, um, wherever you are. That's the great thing about birds. They're literally everywhere. Um, So even if you enjoy them online, that definitely is a place to start. Parking lots is a great place to go. I've met a lot of people who, and also just birds in general, you find the bird that you're always looking for right when you're about to leave in the parking lot. So why not you just stay there and just start there in the first place? Um, and yeah, cemeteries is another one. Um, you know, they're basically a park, just, you know, got a little extra features. Um, and there's oftentimes not very many people there. So you have a nice time to enjoy the whole place to yourself. You just think outside the box, really anywhere, like a drainage ditch, you can just pull over to the side of the road, um, always be safe. But yeah. There's birds everywhere. Just take a moment and slow down and just look. I love the descriptions of the birds you write of ospreys. Meat-eating birds are too cool for words. Do you have a favorite bird in the book? Oh, yeah, man. Painted bunting is definitely my favorite bird. Um, It's very common in Texas, and a lot of folks in Texas don't even realize we have this, like, Crayola crayon, brightly colored bird in our backyards. And it's a great spark bird for a lot of folks. I know my parents, especially when they realized that they had them in their backyard, they basically started becoming birders. So yeah, it's just a bird that brings a lot of joy to my to me. What's a spark bird? Oh, so yeah, a spark bird is basically a bird that kind of pulls you into birding, or at least brings your attention to birds. Um, yeah, it just it, it ignites the spark of wanting to go learn more about birds. What do birds and birding mean to you that you wanted to share with people? Yeah, I guess it's really awesome that birding itself is a hobby that you can turn on and off whenever you want to. I think that was definitely the allure for me, um, that you can also just never be bored in nature. There's always something interesting to look at. Um, And birds, they're always been a symbol of freedom. I think across a lot of cultures, especially um, being able to have wings to fly away to go somewhere else is is a luxury. And um, I think a lot of us look, look to birds for that inspiration. Danielle Bellany is a wildlife biologist and author of This is a Book for People Who Love Birds. She's a co-organizer of Hashtag Black Birders Week on Twitter. There's more at AlleghenyFront.org. That's the Allegheny Front Environment Update. I'm Carol Holsapple. The Allegheny Front is based in Pittsburgh and reports on regional environmental news. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751.
becoming mostly sunny today. High temperatures in the 40s and 50s. There's a slight chance of rain or snow tonight with lows in the 20s and 30s. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a slight chance of rain or snow highs in the 30s and 40s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com. With statewide emergency medical service worker numbers still down a third, there's plenty of overtime for those often making life and death ambulance runs. With all that OT, there's overwhelming stress and a desire and a dire need for more EMS mental health support. Randy Yowie has the story. Bridgeport Director of Emergency Management Tim Curry recently wrote an article in the National Journal of Emergency Medical Services entitled, Suck It Up Culture is Killing First Responders. He writes that he had answered a call like a hundred others, an interstate wreck that killed a young girl. You know, I was looking through her phone and seeing the text from her mom saying, hey, you know, why aren't you home yet? Um, Where are you at? I'm worried. That was just, it hit me really hard. And I had seen things that were way worse than that up to that point. But that was like the point I got to where it was too much and I had to step away. The post-traumatic stress overwhelmed the veteran EMT. Curry turned to alcohol, forsaking the long-standing suck-it-up first responder mantra before realizing he needed help. Realizing that, hey, this is not normal and, and I needed to talk to somebody was was a hard journey for uh, somebody that's always been, you know, I'm, I'm okay, I'm tough, I, I can handle it, I don't need any help, all that jazz. So looking in the mirror and saying, hey, I need to deal with this, uh, was a, a long journey to get to. Nationally, more than 100 first responders committed suicide in 2021, more than died in the line of duty. West Virginia has lost more than 1,900 EMTs over the past three years. While recruitment and retainment efforts are ongoing, Curry says his overworked colleagues need more mental health support and outlets to deal with the trauma. They need to know that it's okay to to need to take a break and it's okay to not be okay and it's okay to need to talk about it with somebody. Uh, They need to have healthy coping mechanisms, you know, good diet, exercise, um, hobbies, things that are outlets for your stress from the workplace uh, to go and do something, you know, whatever it is, play golf go skiing, um, go hiking, whatever it is to go blow off that steam uh, in a healthy way. West Virginia Emergency Medical Director Jody Ratliff takes personal calls from traumatized first responders needing to talk to someone who knows the feeling. He says more mental health support is paramount to leaving that suck-it-up mentality behind while moving forward. Mental health is, is if we talk about retention and, and keeping folks in EMS, and, and not just EMS, we can just say first responders across the board. If we're going to talk about retention, mental health is, is, is a huge issue that we've just never spoke about, um, and it affects you over time. It affects your, your, your physical ability, your mental ability, and then people want to leave the business because they just can't handle it anymore. It's just too much for them. 
Radliff is looking at West Virginia adopting an EMS mental health support program and app now seeing success in Florida. First responders across the state can go into this app and they, they, they plug in some, some things on how they're feeling that day or, or something that might have just happened. And it might say, you know, reach out to someone in the next few days or it might put you in contact with the mental health professional right then and there. Tim Curry calls setting up a mental health support app an excellent first step. You know, the fact that people are waking up to this and, and doing something about it now uh, speaks volumes to where we're at versus where we've been. We're seeing the effects of long-term burnout and long-term um, issues with dealing that everything that first responders see. And we're facing a massive paramedic shortage now because we neglected this problem for a long time and we told people to suck it up. There needs to be better access to mental health care, you know, to get good mental health care covered by your insurance. These agencies need to do a better job of saying, hey, we're going to cover this. Uh, we're going to even employ somebody in help, in-house, which is what uh, the city of Huntington's doing. Ratliff says he's working with the MS directors across the state to get the suck it off monkey off of everybody's back. It's okay to talk about the stigma. It's time for the stigma to go away. We all deal with this, whether we want to admit it or not. It's something that we've all dealt with in our careers. And I speak very publicly about you know uh, about me dealing with my own and in, in during my career, and and me getting help and what it meant to me in my career and my life. Tim Curry says a quarter of West Virginia EMS workers report mental health issues, and those are only the ones who admit it. He says it is past time to go from suck it up to stand up and deal with the issues. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yowie in Charleston. West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Support for our news bureaus comes from West Virginia University, Concord University, and Shepherd University. West Virginia Morning is produced with help from Bill Lynch, Caroline McGregor, Curtis Tate, Chris Schultz, Emily Rice, Eric Douglas, Liz McCormick, Randy Yowie, and Shepard Snyder. Eric Douglas is our news director, and he produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning.